Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC with Chris and Mark. We've got a big Easter weekend full of football, massive Champions League results. Uh, we've got a game that we're going to do together online. We'll see how that goes. We've got our front three, back four, and anything else we can get up to. Let's go. Japan, enjoys some sushi. I think that's where it's from, right? Yeah, he seems to be in. That's the only update we got. Really, yeah, yeah, he's been gone missing. Sushi comes around on a conveyor belt. Yeah, so we've, we've just got, got uh, Chris and Mark today. So I've actually done a short list of pros and cons. I think this is our second time we've done without Danny. So a list of pros and cons are Danny's presence. One pro is that he won't ruin any of our jokes. Which is good because I've just been spitting fire <laughs> yeah. non-stop. <laughs> so, Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the cons, we might not actually stick to sports. No, we tend to get a bit loose in this sometimes. Yeah, I know. Danny brings us back to the football talk. Yeah. So. Uh, pro, actually, will be less rambling on football. Because he tends to extend us a little bit. Goes on a bit about his football index and young children in sports and all their young boys and that. Uh, con... Um, the fact that we've got less football talk might actually, or less of Danny's football talk, might reveal some of my lacking <laughs> in terms can't of football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can't get covered up by Danny actually talking a little bit, giving him holes. One pro, me and Mark gets more quality one on one time because we don't get enough of that in yeah. our personal lives. Yeah. Uh, but the final con is that this is the only time we get to see Danny and we miss him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back. Hopefully. Hopefully back and uh, probably with some culture in him instead of just sticking out to the old Barnet. But um, do you know what? I, I'm not sure where to start really. Seems to be a bad week all in all for Man United. Should we start with Champions League stuff? Uh, yeah, might as well. It, it was a bad week, but we kind of predicted the result. Uh, well, which result? Barcelona. Man Barcelona United. to win were to beat Man United. Yeah, were still. The tie left it that there was still hope, but I, I guess one bit that did bug me a little bit was the Messi loving afterwards, <laughs> and it was like Messi's oneness on his own. He's uh, like, this is why he's the greatest of all time. There was nothing Man United could do about it, and you think, well, actually, in two games, he's really been limited to a handful of chances which were gifted. Yeah, but, but some of the stuff he did. Was pretty outstanding. He I did, mean, if, I, in my opinion, they weren't he, he did three things. Yeah, well, he got he did three good things. Two of which were on the back of Man United giving him the ball. In what were the three in, things? Well, his first two goals, like in the second leg, in the second leg. Yeah, yeah. in the first leg, he, he was really restricted to to nothing. Really. Yeah, like he did a good cross to Suarez, which, like, if if. He meant it, but I think it was kind of he knew Suarez would be at the back post, kind of just get the ball in that area. Yeah, but that's generally what crosses are, isn't it? You just stick it yeah, in the position. It wasn't like anything outstanding. But in the second leg, yeah, he's <clears throat> he was sort of gifted the ball in a dangerous area and still a good finish, you can't knock it. I, it was an outstanding finish. The way yeah. he made was it Fred just skipped by him. I mean there's not many players that can do it like that. Yeah, but it's it's still the fact that it was like 
it was an error on Man United's point rather yeah and it, it was just like afterwards it's like I, it, we're at the stage now where Messi and Ronaldo could do absolutely nothing score a goal that's gifted to them and it blows up how good how good it is and it, it's just a bit frustrating because like actually Man United did actually do well to control Messi most of the time but it was just basic errors so yeah but it's weird with Messi and, and watching him play it is almost like he's just going to lull you into a false sense of security it's like a I remember you making um, talking about uh, fighter Yusk and where most of his punches are just soft, soft taps, taps here and there. But as soon as he sees an opening, an opportunity just comes with one power punch. And that's kind of what Messi does. He's just going to stroll around, not like he's doing much. He's not going to look like he's going to be threatening. All of a sudden, he just opens up, bang, and then it's just a goal. It's, it always seems to be a goal, a massive, significant chance. That's yeah. where I think where he... Him and probably Ronaldo are both the same. I mean, no one else is going to do it like that. Yeah, and the thing, it's not his fault like that he gets all this praise after. Like, I, it just felt. Well, like, I mean, we'd, I think we'd have to disagree because I think he deserves the praise. You're going on like it might be a bit over over high. That it's, game, it's, it's I thought it was. I, like the game to me was. He made John. He made um, Jones look like an idiot. That was the third thing he did. Yeah, but that was what's the second one then? His second goal. He, uh, that was a mistake. I don't even think he did anything that great with that one. Oh no, yeah. So that was the Hayes. So then we yeah. yeah, then we're saying two. Yeah, yeah. The Hayes not. Even I was trying to think of the third one. Like, so someone like the first leg, I didn't remember. Or yeah, no, that was a oh, what a mistake. Yeah, the Hayes is in a position where he's built up enough points that you think, okay, you're allowed a couple mistakes, but. Yeah. I don't think he looks that... He doesn't look that happy. He just doesn't look happy in a while. No, the whole team this week didn't look yeah. happy. There was a couple passes that went astray and you could see the team... The cracks are showing. And uh, it's just... It's gone full circle now. You go online and it's like... they Should they have given the job to Oli? When Mourinho said he finished in second with this team was his greatest ever achievement as a manager. Like, was there some truth in it? And all of, it's, it's gone full I saw Jermaine Genius... Someone retweeted two articles. One in December saying, "If they don't give Oli the job now, then, from Jermaine Genius, yeah, yeah, he contradicts himself a lot." And then one this week saying they've given him the job too soon, yeah. like the like exact opposite. He's in it. And, uh, he's not. He's not very consistent in what he says. But he he's he's a uh, an example of just what's happened now. Well, like the just... same same people who were saying that Oli must get the job in December were. Uh, are the same people saying, oh, should we have waited? Well, that's why I think you take someone like Gary Neville and what he says and you, you take that um, you take that as, as, not gospel, but you take that as a, as a genuine opinion of someone that actually makes sense. He doesn't waver off of his opinions and he doesn't change it often because he's still saying after the game on Sunday, he's still saying that Ole is the right man for the job. But in fact, he's talking about the locker room and the individuals inside that, which is... More telling when people start saying, I'm not going to name names, but you know who it is in any sport. I always find that they must know something on the inside that others yeah. don't know. They don't just say these generic terms like, Oh, he's too naive, he's too young, he's he's inexperienced. You know, all these stuff that the, the same people say all the time. I don't know if you saw my retweet, which was uh, Ollie saying, I'm going to be successful at this club. Some of the players out there are not. I didn't, uh, yeah. No. So uh, it was during his post match. He didn't see. I waited on Sunday on Sky, but they never managed to get the interview of him. I wonder if he was just too angry. But in his post-game press conference, yeah, yeah, I think it, the the quote was, "I'm going to be successful at this club, and some of the players you saw today will not 
not be part of that success or something like that. Uh, along that, like it was a what, sort of quick one-line statement, and I was like, Do you know what? He's now just got to the point where I think it's annoying because I know some of the names are like Pogba. Everything's pointing to Pogba, right? I see. I think everything sort of points towards Martial as well, and it annoys me because I do like Martial, but. And in fairness to Martial, he's been on the fringe. So, like, some players like Sanchez... But maybe that's what's bothering him. He thinks he's better than what he is. Yeah, uh, but, like... Yeah, it's a shame, because Martial, I think, is a a talent. But it's looking like Martial will go... The rumour is Real Madrid are offering players. I'm like, if you can get money plus bail for Pogba, it's like... Oh, absolutely. Especially someone like Bale, who, who... I reckon um, history tells that he's a good influence on a, on a on a team and someone that doesn't tend to dip his head and all that business. Yeah, it, it's just a shame because Pogba, has, on his day, is so good. But yeah. there's so many big matches where he's just missing. And well, just... this level, it comes down to attitude. And I think, I mean, I don't follow European sports that much. and But the Premier League has a real thing about your attitude. It's not about... Your talent. It's about your work ethic. It's about are you a are you a team man? Are you a someone that's going to wear the the badge on your chest with passion and heart and fight for everything? And there's a lot of these younger players that come in from abroad that just don't seem to have the attitude that Gary Neville wants, for instance, from his teammates. Yeah, and I, I get both because I think in in England there's a bit of a naivete, naivety that you win matches by trying harder, and it's like well no, Getting sometimes in. Yeah, yeah. sometimes the cream rises to the to the top, yeah. and it's like. But the one thing which is unacceptable, the one thing you'd always say, like, so when you're a smaller team, FA Cup, say, third round, and they're like, do you know, get up in their faces, match them run for run. Let them know you're there. Yeah, well, not not <laughs> like, yeah, like, but in a terms of let's match, the one thing we can't do is not try as hard as them. Yeah. And if they're having an off day, we, we might, might get something. Goal here and... But then in reverse, that means, well, if the big team matches... The, the weaker team then there's nothing the weaker team can do so where, where, this is flowing into the Everton game now Everton just tried so much harder than United and you're like well if United try as hard as Everton then they should win that game yeah. so with Barcelona we could have tried as hard as Barcelona but still lost the game just because they're, they're a better team but with Everton there's, that, there's no excuse the stats show which I'm not a big fan of running stats because they don't mean much, but it did show on, I think on average we run like 8k less or something. Yeah, yes, and that depends how you use it and I think how you apply it. Yeah, it does, because if you look at players who cover the most distances in a game, they're the centre mids, so I think something like... Or, I mean, full-backs, it's always going to be the same players that are going to run more, right? Yeah, it doesn't always make sense because, like, what I'd rather is fewer, more dynamic runs or well like the possession one the, right, the possession right ones right a weird area. one as well because they say oh they've had all the ball but possession tends to be more is, is more pass how many more completed passes that you've made so sometimes teams that tend not to pass as much but may run as much it seems like they've had the ball fairly evenly but possession stats would say otherwise it's, it depends how you actually look at it yeah. how you apply it but um, I don't know I didn't see the Everton game but at least for the Man United game I mean you're most teams are going to lose against Barcelona in that situation. Like if Arsenal was in, the thing is, if Arsenal was in that that situation, they would have lost probably ten nil over two legs. The only downside that came to Man United is that the fixture was done within the first few minutes, and by by a mistake, yeah. or a couple of mistakes, you just like after having two no big chances, chances as no well. chance. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. It's just, I mean, look, I think at this point, 
well, I, I went to the Arsenal game yesterday, not to go off too much of a tangent, we'll get back to it later. Went to the Arsenal game yesterday thinking, we've got a chance now just to sew up fourth position. And if yeah. Arsenal had won, I would have been like, Man United season's done. Yeah. Done. You know, what are you going to expect from it? But, um, do you know what, let's stick with Champions League for a little bit. I don't want to get wavered too far off. Because, uh, because Man United didn't, um, the, the Man United Barcelona game was done so early, I just went straight to the Juventus Ajax game. And uh, did you actually change it? You changed over after the third goal, right? Uh, yeah, the third goal I changed yeah, over. Because um, Ajax has gone through, as everyone will know. Um, do you know what? Spurs are probably favourites, maybe on paper, or, you know. Yeah, to, people to would be through, looking but, at that semi final as the weaker side. But, They'd be looking at Liverpool Barca as. The winner's going to come from that game. But yeah, they could easily. I, I don't know. I think it's fairly even. I mean, like Ajax. I, Ajax Spurs. Yeah. The one thing I'd say is, but they both won't take each other lightly now. Hopefully like, not. I, d- I don't think Juventus took Ajax lightly. I think Juve have l- sort of overachieved in the Champions League the last few years. Like last year, Tottenham absolutely f- over two legs battered them, but they managed to have a five-minute spell to yeah. get the goals to go through. This time they overturned a big, uh, was it the the Ronaldo game where against Atletico they overturned the game in the second leg and I think they've Juve have sort of their name seems better than I think they've really been on the pitch. Well, like um, with their players, that I they think have. they've scraped through some legs and yeah. it's like okay they've scraped through, but they're Juve they're always going to be there or thereabouts. Well, I haven't watched their results, but because I've gotten into football betting this season, I've you know bet, you tend to focus on on. Teams when they win and lose and stuff. In the beginning of the season, Juventus couldn't lose a game. Yeah. And then it looks like recent in recent times they've been dropping a lot of points in their league, even if they've just won it. They've just won well, their league. Yeah, but they, yeah. you know, for a team that went unbeaten in I don't know how many games in the beginning of the season, to then just start losing in the Champions League as well. Maybe Ronaldo's injury has something to do with it, but but maybe it's just a bad league because we saw it's a horrendous like league, jumping the Europa League, but we saw Napoli and yeah. Before the game, I'd only I've never really watched Napoli too much this season. I was, but you you kind of see their name. You see we, their know, we know some You're of like, their players and stuff as well. Yeah, you kind of think of them being as okay. They must be sort yeah. of like top team in in Italy. They can't be that. They were awful. Yeah, right? and in the second leg, one nil down. I would I text the Rory going, uh, legs done, like job done. We're through. Yeah. So, but um, the, um, I, I was it's, I was really. Um, had mixed mixed emotions about Tottenham actually getting through because I'll always generally support an English side going through, and I'm not like the hardened Arsenal fan being like I don't want I yeah, don't want Tottenham to I, go through. But yeah, if we, if we jump into that, fix, that's the one we should keep last because that that what do you mean that Tottenham Man City fixture is one of the best two leg fixtures you'll you'll have seen in years. Like, but I can't have Tottenham Liverpool, going through. I can't have Tottenham beating yeah. Ajax. We could just have. Liverpool, they went through comfortably. No, oh, no I don't surprises. even. Did you watch either leg? I watched the first leg. Okay. Uh, not by choice, really. I had to. Because so, uh, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> second leg, even he was like, okay, let's flip it over to the. Yeah. To the, yeah, no point. And good thing we did, because at Man City, Tottenham, second leg, within 20 minutes, it was, well, 25 minutes, was it? It was 3 2. I think it was quicker than that. The first ten minutes, the first eight to ten minutes, I missed ten minutes a game actually, and it was uh, it was one one, and then I think the, the next eight minutes they got like two goals. Yeah, it was end to end. Yeah, yeah, and then around I think it was around the thirty fifth minute, uh, Sissoko got injured. 
and just you could game. see that Tottenham just didn't know. Well, they didn't really have a sub. You so. said that, and I, I do think it made a bit of a difference. I don't think it made. I don't think Man City, Man City were on top of the game. I don't think he made that much of a difference. Oh no, it made a huge difference. The Man City. If VAR won, wasn't there, Man City would have won. No, but the Man City weren't on top when Sissoko got injured. It was end to end. Then what happened was Sissoko got injured. The only player they could really bring on was Lorente. Yeah. But Lucas and Son were causing City so much problems that they couldn't move Son or Lucas to the wing to put Lorente up front. So they end up putting Lorente sort of on the right wing. Wasted position. He's slow. He's bit like he scored. But he scored from a corner. But yeah. it was like he. It wasn't uh, like as soon as he came on, it was kind of oh no, we don't. Lucas and Son were really causing trouble. But the issue was then they lost the presence in the middle. Yeah. So they Wanyama was... Well, none of them were that bad, but... Like, none of them were really that bad, but Wanyama, I remember thinking, he's having a relatively poor game. Not by his standards, just I don't think he's that level. He's not very good. Uh, who else was struggling? Well, Lorente was struggling, but he got the goal, which always makes it just seem... I can't bit. remember the game you said. Was it, tri- was it Trippier uh, that game? Trippier, yeah. Was it the Premier League game? Oh, uh, I can't remember. They're sort of blurring, but I'm yeah. sure it's that game. <laughs> See, I, I'm going to say it now, but I think if we had an end-of-season pod where we look back, Trippier is in the running for most biggest disappointment this season. Like, after the World Cup, I thought, OK, he's going to own his position. He's shocking. Like, I, I've got a couple of Tottenham fan friends who are like, they just want him gone. Yeah, but I think, I think that's tough. It's, I think a lot of players always struggle on the back end of a World Cup. Uh, World Cup year and Kane I think has had issues with the health but he's managed to play then he's off Trippier was injured at the beginning of the season he's probably still struggling a little bit I think I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't know so Trippier and Monyama I'll give him another go yeah. up, to, up to scratch that game yeah but yeah what what a game well how good Son like, really in, in terms of like the best players in the Premier League he's, he's so good he's such a good player yeah. I, I think what he is is he adds so much to the team. I think where his quality difference is, is like, in the Champions League, he scored the, ch- the chances. In the Premier League on Saturday, he missed, he missed a them. couple. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's why you're not quite that five out of five player. But the fact you're still making those chances and... and Do you think, like, he's probably getting run out too much, though? I mean, he's there every I think every Tottenham player at the minute is yeah, being yeah. run to their limits. And also... We spoke about when the when it was first drawn, and we said, "Oh, City are playing Tottenham in ten three times in ten days." Yeah, you, we kind of joked our City should just play some players in the first leg, run One Tottenham out. out. Yeah, and they tried to, but essentially that's what's cost City now. Yeah. If you, that that starting lineup Pep picked in the first leg is looking more and more like what was you doing? What a mistake! Yeah, like I can't remember. As soon as I saw Mares in the team, you know it's a B team, isn't it? Like. That's a shame yeah. saying about Mahrez. Like, yeah. At one point, Mahrez was one of the best Premier League players. And he's well, just... At the start of the season, I was saying he could get into that team. But then the one uh, Sterling continued like to improve. So I wouldn't call Sterling's form a surprise, but Bernardo Silva has surprised me how good he's got. Like You would have said Sterling and Sane might have been the ones to cement their place. And I was like, at the start of the season, we were t- talking about Mahrez going, and I was like, he should, out of... Silver, Sane, Sterling, 
and Mahrez. I was like, he could burst in, but I did not see Bernardo Silva. Well, going into the season, team. going into the season, Pep said that Bernardo Silva is going to be our most important player this year, and he put he he knew he, knew he was going to play him week in week out. Yeah, for good reason, I guess. But sometimes they say that about players who aren't like <laughs> the players on the fringe to keep them happy. Well, it's I don't like... know if Pep's that way because he's got a lot of big names in his in yeah. his side. And I think there's there's an aspect of me that I think he likes to pick really young players because he wants to be this guy that's seen as he can develop players into world beaters. I think that's why he's kind of taken Raheem Sterling under his wing. And I think the same with Bernardo Silva. Like you're going to pick him week in week out over yeah. David Silva and 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 De Bruyne and all these other players, Fernandinho. Um, look, Mark. So I'm just looking at the first, the, the the team for the first fixture. It wasn't that bad. You got Raheem Sterling, Aguero, and Mares up front. Silva, Fernandinho, Gunnigan, Fabian Delph, Laporte, Otamendi, Walker. Like that's that's about as yeah. good as their first team gets. But it's not their first team. That's the that's who's it. Who's it really missing? What do you mean? So the first leg. Mares isn't their starting lineup. No. Gundogan's not their starting lineup. That's it. Who was on Fabian the bench? Delph. On yeah, the but belt, you're talking on about... On the belts, they've got Kevin De Bruyne, Sane, uh, he's so, going to be in their starting lineup in that particular team. I mean, Jesus yeah. is there. So you start looking and you're like, well, De Bruyne, he got a hat-trick of assists in the second game. So, you, But this, you're talking, this is probably one of their biggest games of the season. It depends how the league goes now, but... Yeah, but I mean, it's not... It's not a game to, to rest your your best player. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I get, look, it's, what's that? Oh, I, can't, I can't even remember that term now. I was going to say, revisionist history says that it was a mistake. They lost 1-0. I think, yeah, the, but the thing is, if you, you're going into your biggest game of this season, you rest your best player, and you lose, you can't say, oh, hindsight says you should have... No, you should play your best team in your most important game. That's just common sense. Maybe. But I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was just trying to catch Tottenham off guard or what but there's a lot of fixtures lately a lot a lot of fixtures because yeah, I mean Arsenal you... Arsenal absolutely fucked themselves because they played some just such a shit team against Crystal Palace at home and you're taking for granted a team that's actually beaten City this season they're not they're not some some uh, minnows some bottom of the bottom of the league side right? and you're going to play I've just absolutely jumped in I've got really emotional but like You've literally just picked in their midfield. You're talking you've about got, Palace, <laughs> no, yeah. not Palace. Palace was obviously putting their starting lineup, but Arsenal yeah. picking some fucking shit team and expected to make a difference. <laughs> oh. Are you? And especially after seeing United and Tottenham lose. Yeah. Well, I mean, he must have made he must have made his team selection probably at least the day before, if not that morning. But and then to see Man United lose, but and we've got Wolves midweek. It was. Just, I mean, you can't take a team like that too lightly. Yeah. You can't. You just can't. Well, the idea is that you have to have rotations, but I don't know. Just, just so bad. Yeah. The, the. Yeah. It's just tough because I. You can't. The Europa League's there to be won for Arsenal. Yeah. But it's not easy. No. Like, if he prioritises that, I mean, over the Premier League because of all the fixtures we got there. I don't know. I, I, I'm not thing sure. is, if Chelsea and Arsenal <laughs> are the final of the Europa League. You hope the winner of that finishes outside the top four, because yeah. then we get five English teams in the Champions well, Sky, League. Sky, Sky, you know Sky the debate? Yeah. They had a question. Did you see that question? Yeah. What would you rather do? Come top four, win the, win the Europa League, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, why people even question it? Like, 
No, but it's so dumb because if you either way you go in the Champions League, at least with the second one you win a trophy. trophy. Yeah, but what even, are you talking about? How can they debate that? But I even, wish I saw it. I yeah. actually didn't see it. Even if you didn't get, even if you didn't get Champions League off after winning Europa League, I would still take the trophy because one hundred percent. Wenger finished sixteen years in a row in the top four. Yeah. If he won the Europa League 16 years in a row, put, he would be... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, his name uh, would that's be a in, really good way yeah. to put it. That's like, an excellent way to put it, yeah. Like, let's, yeah, put it that way. If he won the Europa League 16 years in a row, yeah. he would be down as legend worldwide. Like, Absolutely. They're not going to yeah. look back and say, oh, Wenger, he got top four 16 years in a row. Yeah, <laughs> but, would you, that's funny then. What, what do you think would be better then, to, win, to come top four year in, year out? Because... The FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, it'd be funny to do that with each cup. The, what the top four does, which is why, like, Man United right now can't win the Champions League. We've seen it this week. What the top four well, does... Lost, so yeah, you're out. Yeah, so that what the top four does, it, it creates hope for next year. Yeah. So you think... Prospective... Let's rebuild in the summer. Yeah. Let's... let's uh, winning the Europa League is here and now. It's about winning a trophy this year. So it's the difference. It's like... What is better? Well, winning the here and now, but then if you actually rebuild in the summer like you should, and then you go on and have... You're a, saying that in the, if, in the but that's what instance that you don't get in the Champions League. Yeah, like it's, it's like... If you're in the Europa League. Uh, but if you didn't, I'd always yeah. take a trophy here and now, because well, essentially top four is just... Cup, if, it, if it's the Carabao Cup or top four... Top four is just about next four. season. You don't actually... Just by getting into the Champions League, you haven't got anything at that you point. still get into the Europa League if you win the Carabao Cup? Car- I don't know about a Carabao. Did you know that? You know, remember when it was yeah, whatever I'm it was sure the Carabao Cup. The only issue is, is that the Carabao Cup's been won by big teams recently. Well, it's the same with the FA Cup. If you're in the FA Cup, the, the, I'm assuming it's still the Carabao Cup. Then you get in, and then there's fifth, and that's supposed to be um, Europa League places. And then obviously, if you come fourth and then win one of the cups, then it goes down to sixth six, and yeah. seventh. I think that's why. Like. I think you still do, but yeah? we just haven't. Just hasn't happened. It was very rare, isn't it? Yeah, the Carabao Cup's been won by top five teams recently, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but there you go. Should we do a quick preview to see? Would you want to kind of preview the, who you reckon will go through? Out of... Liverpool versus uh, Barca. Uh, Liverpool will beat Barca. Well, that was quick. That was a snap call. Yeah, Jesus Christ. They'll, they'll beat Barca. What, just like that? You think it's yeah. easy? Wow. I think watching Barcelona... It's not easy. No, nothing. You just said it that easy. But I know, but they're going through. Like, okay. Because Man United... it did expose some big weaknesses in Barca, which I think Liverpool... Have would, enough. Yeah. yeah, Liverpool... I think in our first game, we had something like 10 chances, none on target. I was like, it's just... it's That's just such poor attacking play. Would you know, do you know what... I, don't, I think Liverpool have the ability to create them chances, plus more, and they'd probably get a, get a couple of them. So And they've got... But probably about as good a defence as you're going to get. Probably yeah. certainly in the Premier League, I think they've got the best. In, maybe in world football. Yeah, and one of the big reasons is Matip. He's in the last few weeks, he's really stepped up. He got man of the match on the weekend. He was man of the match for me in the first Porto game. He like he just seems like I know it's probably playing alongside. Van I was going to say like, it's, it's, it, there's one reason, one reason only. Like. Yeah, but he has got. Like yeah, significantly no, better. Good. He's been and playing probably, with him for a while. Probably playing yeah. with him has given him confidence, and, and he's probably taught him some things and stuff like that. Allison looks a much better keeper than he did at the beginning of the season between yeah, the clubs. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's still poor. Like if you ask my dad, he he hates he Allison. Like no, because he's he's just like he just makes 
the team. He makes the fans nervous when there's <laughs> when there's no need for the situation to cause nerves. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's a good goalkeeper though. He he is, but it's hard. I, I understand Collymore talking this season about it's hard to judge today's goalkeepers because they will make mistakes because of the way they're asked. Do you know? I was literally just going to say something like that because it's hard. It's really difficult. I don't want to be the old sort of. You know, even though I'm not that old, but saying goalkeepers aren't what they used to be. They want to do something differently. And um, I can't remember who was saying it this week, but I, me- I remember a commentator saying that goalkeepers this day, as they grow up, should be played in outfield positions. So they get used to having the ability to play with football at their feet. You know, that's what they're asked to do now. They yeah. need to do that. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's something for grassroots football. But, yeah, I mean, he, he does probably does look a bit shaky. I think he's quite good now. Especially have, if you if you feel like you only have to make a handful of saves. Yeah, no, he's a good goalkeeper. He's, well, he's, you could argue if they had him last season, they would have won the Champions League. I yeah. think Trent Alexander Arnold. I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head, which isn't always, which is never a good thing. But how many right backs are better than him in the Premier League at the moment? Yeah, because uh, Rob, I think you can clearly say Robertson's the best left back in the league, right? Yeah, he's had a bad couple of games though. But Robertson, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, over the whole season. Over the whole season. But who? Walker, maybe, is the only one? Yeah, Carl Walker adds a whole element to City. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be Ashley Young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't really think. Definitely not Hector Bellerin or. I mean, Maitland Niles. Is it Maitland Niles? I keep saying Maitland Niles. But is he consistently right back? back? Now he's pretty much outside of the game just there. I think he's our starting right wing back, I guess, but. I don't think we should be playing a back three, but that's for something else. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah, in the league, definitely he's one of the yeah. best. One one element that might be interesting is to see how Suarez plays. Like, you think he'd be too emotional? I think he's not been that great. Even against Man United, he like when he was at Liverpool, he mm. would pretty much always score against us. And you're like, but he's probably going to want to play well. Yeah, yeah I'm really wondering well. if the, um, the 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 will he the raise his game? Yeah. Like, he is a big big game player and yeah. I haven't seen it yet so that's one of the elements we be interesting to see if he raises Coutinho as well yeah so Coutinho's what a banger yeah he's got that that's typical yeah. Coutinho he so does nothing all game and then scores a long ranger like this but yeah it'd be interesting to see how they play like I think Suarez has a bigger connection to Liverpool because they backed him when he was racist like <laughs> They they did support him like and when he bit uh, Ivanovic, Ivanovic and then when he bit Chiellini. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, the club like regardless whether they should have supported him or not is a is yeah. a debate but they did so well, I think what also I think might... Suarez has a connection with Liverpool like that he probably wouldn't have had they not backed him so much I think probably what helps Liverpool in the situation as well is I don't think. If you you'd say there's the weakest area they've got is their midfield, right? Yeah, I, it's tough but, because even their weakest area at the moment. Well, I mean, it's not the weakest. I'm yeah. not saying it's, but if you're going to talk about because maybe sometimes we've talked about Henderson in midfield and some of their players. You probably talk more highly than I do. But Barcelona doesn't have the same midfield that they've always been. You know, they've had no, for years. They've got weaknesses. In, yeah, yeah, open so, weaknesses. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's my. I, I would really like Liverpool to go through. But I'd what Barca has is, yeah. is they've got Messi, Messi. Yeah, even if you don't rate Messi that highly. <laughs> that, but he he is a, a game changer. He, he is, is he like, is he can actually do anything at any moment and just 
and when you, you they could be behind for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes all of a sudden he just explodes does one thing and then yeah. just lifts the level and I, I think there's something when Messi does something outstanding where the whole team just goes just their shoulders drop and like oh, what can we do the guy's yeah. unstoppable you know um, yeah I'll go for uh, Barcelona, uh, Barcelona Liverpool and then out of the Ajax Tottenham game well, you know who I already am. Yeah, <laughs> so I actually. <laughs> so I can't believe I can't. you just threw that out there at the beginning of the season. You did. I you just, just threw it out I just, it just, I don't know. Like, there's always someone there's who. There's no way you could have called that. Well, because last year I said VAR saved you. Well, last year I, I said Liverpool would win the Champions League, and they got to the final, and that felt like a, a call out of nothing. And I was like, every year there's always you get one solid team and then you always get like sort of a dark oh, horse that never seem to win it but get to the final like well, it, it seems good. weird saying that about Liverpool now because they've been so good this year yeah but last year they weren't like the same and uh especially without Kane I mean you said like uh, uh did you say it how good are they how good are they without Kane or uh yeah or because it, Kane or? it's yeah because Kane himself is good but he takes something away from Son Probably and that same thing he used to say about um, Ibrahimovic for Man United, isn't it? They just look to play through him, and that kind of yeah. comes and goes with with the good and the bad. Yeah. So when you watch Tottenham with Kane, there is yeah, there is something about it goes through him. You lose the danger of Son, Lucas, who has been good he's, in the last few. He's games, up and down he? though, right? But if he plays like this, then I mean, you've always gonna have a good shot. But he's very up and down, and he's on and up right now. Yeah. Difference is, I think Kane scores one of the chances against City in the. Uh, yeah. But Tottenham, it's going to be a good semi-final, actually. You I, call it? Or Tottenham? I, I think Tottenham. I'll but go I, for Ajax. But partly yeah. because I've backed, I've said Tottenham the whole way. Even when it looked like they were out in the group stage. Yeah. What are they, five, eight minutes from getting knocked out? And there was they a, were close to being out of your yeah. draft. You were talking about taking them out, but you yeah. stuck with them. But the one I do, uh, it's purely, I've, I just rate Pochettino so highly as a manager. Mm. And... I was pleased that Oli got the job. Um, I, yeah, I was pleased that Oli got the job, but I'm hoping Poch could still come at some point in the future. Like, I hope he's second in charge. Uh, like in like <laughs> three years, four years, or something. It depends how Oli goes. I, I yeah, I, I think I'm a bit old. Where I, I like, if Oli was a did like a Ferguson and was there for 27 years, I'd yeah. like that. I, I don't like the manager merry-go-round. But Pochettino does look a good manager, and I. One of the big warning signs with Oli for me was when we lost to Wolves twice in two weeks, and I was like, he just didn't seem to have an answer. Like, he didn't know what to change. To, yeah, to you want to make Wolves you adjustments game. and stuff like that. Where I felt one reason before I said I think Tottenham would knock City out of the Champions League is because I felt over two legs Poch would know what to do. Yeah. Where on a single game. Sometimes the game runs away from you, or something goes wrong, or like you you don't you you concede two goals quickly, and it's like oh you're chasing the game, you're hoping for a draw from ten minutes on. Mm. But over two legs, you really should see. And essentially, Man United played Wolves in a kind of a two-leg game, and yeah. both times it, the games were almost identical. And it was like for me that was a bit of a warning sign. But ideally, like Oli like does well. I like. I, I'd rather have one manager for a long time doing well than like yeah. a Chelsea. Well, if you're one. fortunate that Man United, uh, Arsenal did not capitalise on that and still giving you a bit of a season to go for, which is yeah frustrating. Um, 
Do you want to talk about the Premier League games then, at least? I don't know if you can add any more to the Man United stuff losing against Evan. Kind of touched on it earlier. I don't know. No. Any so, point in getting back to it? So City Tottenham, we touched on uh, a good big win for City. Like if they get to the end of this week and they haven't dropped points, I think it's a yeah. huge win considering the game as well. Like like we said, they had opportunities which Tottenham could have scored, they didn't. Um, but I think part of them was okay with it. <laughs> you know, they probably they've won the three game series, so they they they're not too. Bad. Yeah, but well, this was always the danger, isn't it? It's like once Tottenham knocked them out the Champions League. Yeah, they're not really got to play for anything. Yeah. Really. Um, Earlier in the week, we said uh, Brighton and Cardiff played each other. And I know we talked about it. We didn't do the pod last week, but we talked that that is going to be a massive, massive game. Because if Cardiff wins, then it kind of makes it interesting for him. Which they did. Not that I watched the game. <laughs> it's still not going to watch it. Yeah, it weren't on TV. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. But no, no actually, I, I tell a lie. I've, I've watched a little bit of Cardiff recently. And um, they I feel really bad for them because they are... I think they're getting screwed. Like they're so unlucky with some of the decisions. Uh, yeah, it's incredible, incredible. Like I don't know what they have to do. And Neil Warnock is, I mean, he should just be effing and blinding everywhere to the high heavens. Like yeah, he did. Uh, he has tried, but I think like the game against Liverpool on the weekend, he he knew they got a, a rough call on decisions, but he kind of admitted that it wouldn't have made a difference on the result. Like he was like, look, this is just example. Here's more decisions we never got. Just this happened to be in a game that we were probably going to lose yeah. anyway. But if, but you're, if, if that's happening against Brighton's and, and the teams that are down at the bottom near you, I mean, it probably yeah. have, uh, with the Chelsea game, they, they could have actually won that game. Yeah. Or at least got a point out of it. And then you start looking at it like, what are they, four points behind now? They're three. They're three, three but their goal difference is really poor. Quite large, yeah. Because to me, Brighton got the draw on the weekend. Yeah, which, that was a big, big point. Which for me, relegated. Yeah, relegated Cardiff. No, I think they could still do it. I think they still got a good shot. They have to get four points from three games, which... Which they probably won't. (laughs) Uh, I know, four points from four games, is it? Well, let's do... I I think, hold on. Southampton are 36 points. We could pretty much say that they're safe. Right? You've got Brighton on 34 and Cardiff at 31. Brighton's fixtures, they've... They've not got the easiest. They got um, Liverpool away from home. The funny thing is, like, listening out these fixtures, is you can easily see them both teams losing every game that's, <laughs> that's yeah. left. Well, they got Tottenham away. They got Tottenham away. Newcastle at home. Arsenal away, and then Man City away. They've got uh, Man City at home. Man City at home. They got three of the top. Imagine four. Brighton stayed up by beating Man City, which meant Man City didn't win the league. I have to watch that. <laughs> that why has that got to be a three o'clock game as well, boy? That's a day yeah. to watch. be watching Super Sunday, no doubt. So, um, yeah, realistically, Newcastle is the game they could get points out of. Well, look, Cardiff's got Fulham away. They've got Crystal Palace at home. Man United away. So, on paper, you would say that Brighton's got the toughest fixtures, right? I mean, it's yeah. impossible for them to get any... So, if they Cardiff get a, basically could get a point at Newcastle. Uh, sorry, Cardiff have... Three games left. Yeah, two of them. They could. They Fulham are playing well at the minute. Pa- pa- Palace just beat Arsenal, so they're clearly one of the top four best teams in England. <laughs> yeah, but like with Palace, do they get up for these games? Like playing the mid- yeah. Actually, normally around that set two games to go, the mid-table teams are the ones you want to play. 
Cardiff have a chance to get six more points. Yeah. Which puts them on 37. Yeah. Can... Bournemouth, but so Brighton, Brighton would have to win a game. Newcastle. Brighton's not winning a game. Uh, Newcastle. You think Newcastle, yeah? No, I'm saying that's one... That's the only one I think they could win. Yeah. Like. But I, honestly, I just can't see it. I think Cardiff so is not through. The nail is not in the uh, coffin. Yeah. Yeah, Cardiff. But, but they, Brighton have got such a hard one. It's incredible. But um, I'm hopefully for for my sake, especially because Danny was so arrogant about Cardiff. I would like out. Cardiff to uh, see. I like Brighton as well. I would like it only because I think one because of Danny's an asshole, but two, um, they've just been. I think they've just been screwed out of a few points. Recently. Yeah, that I think that's one of the things as well. And Neil Warnock. Yeah, he's not like, so around. <laughs> yeah, and like he's refreshing on his interviews. Yeah, he's he's been a championship sort of donkey for a while now, and like. It'd be nice for him to actually have kept a team up, which on paper doesn't really have a right to. to well, see for him or what's his name, Chris Norton. What's his Chris surname? Chris Hutton. Chris Hutton. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's such a bad manager. He's, he, he's like for me, he's kind of like Mark Hughes type, where they just they just or Alan Pardew, I should say, they're just crap. They're just not Premier League managers, unfortunately. But then they offer nothing. But then it could be the case of he's kept Brighton in the Premier League now for two years. He would. He did an interview after the last game, um, um, match of the day, I think it was, I think it was their one, where they said to him, the problem is, is that you, um, you're struggling to score goals, you think that's an issue? And he's like, yes, that definitely is an issue. But alright, what are you going to do in response to that? Like, what are you doing in training, or what are you doing to ensure that you're putting your team in the best position to score? Because yeah. I'd love to know what a guy like him does in, on, on a day-to-day basis in training, in terms of scoring goals and how to develop a team. What? See, I think he's he's done relatively well with the team he's got. The one thing I would say I is think he's they, had that first team half for of the a season, while. Not this, not uh, for for a long time. They've not been. Yeah, well. but if they stay up, like they've, you look at their team on paper, and it's like the one question is how much control has he had of building that team? So, did does he did he make the executive decision to say start start the um, season with? Glenn Murray is really the main hope up up front. Like, you look, yeah, but they've got no other strikers. That's what I mean. But is that his choice, or has he been left with that? Yeah, but regardless of that, because I, no, I, I think, think if you stay up and you're like the only guy you've got up front is Glenn Murray, that's your only striker, and then you get patches when they're like you're struggling to score goals. It's like, well, yeah, these two things might be the reason. Like, maybe it is because they've only got one striker who, at best, might get ten goals. But in terms of in terms of football teams in and around the same positions, you talk about teams in the top three, top four, or or we'll say top two for now, and then you know the second set of players, and then the teams in the middle. There's not that much difference on paper between teams versus other teams. So then, what should be the difference? I see. Should I be what you're doing in coaches, what you're doing with what are the managers doing, what are they doing on a day to day basis? See, I think on paper, Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Brighton have the worst squads. And I think Fulham have underachieved. Massively. And then, But then, as soon as you get above those four, you start getting Southampton, Burnley, Bournemouth. These, these Southampton, have, for me, are much better than Burnley's team. But they are still good teams, like Palace, West Ham, Wolves. Like The only one I've skipped out was Newcastle, because I thought they might have been in trouble, but then they did spend money in, this, in January. So. But doesn't my point stand with you saying that Fulham, you're talking about the teams that aren't very good, but Fulham's relegated already uh, yeah but I'm saying there's four like I'm saying if Brighton stay up 
to me, they've overachieved them where they should be on paper. And what, they should be relegated? I think they're in the, the three worst teams, like on paper. I think the thing is that Fulham's kind of messed up, because on paper... I think we probably said Huddersfield, Cardiff and Brighton might have been the three we said at the start of the season. I definitely and nothing, Fulham was there. And I don't think anything happened in January. But my point stands to reason, saying it, at that point it's down to coaching. There's a point where coaching has an effect, or should have an effect. What are you doing on every week with your players to make yeah, a difference? and if he stays up, his coaching has kept him up. <sighs> maybe, but but what are they do, what are they doing? Like I said, you say maybe they've got just Glenn Murray as their striker. Well, some players, some teams don't even play with strikers. I mean, Pochettino hasn't been playing with a striker for how long, and he's been doing excellent. No, but what are you laughing <laughs> for? That makes it's a difference when you're not playing a striker because you can put Son up front <laughs> like, yeah but they're doing that but they're not but they're succeeding at the highest level of what they're doing it's not like they're just scraping by they went through in the fucking Champions League like he's an excellent coach and obviously there's levels to this but I'm I just saying I don't know what you would expect Brighton I would expect a different look like I would expect you to change it up I would expect you to if, you, if you're telling me I'm just basing it on what he said if you're telling me that the problem is you can't score enough goals and that's your issue well do something about it don't just let things go as they are and just say, yeah, we've got an issue with it. But how, you're, you're then just presuming he hasn't done anything about it. Uh, well, I'm assuming based on his results and the way in which the team plays. But they're currently not in the relegation zone. Well, so we'll see soon. They've scored more goals than Cardiff. So, yeah, they've scored more. Both have... Well, exclude Huddersfield because they're just so bad. But yeah, <laughs> Cardiff and Brighton are the two lowest scorers. But yeah, it's but they still scored more than Cardiff, and played less. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I think to be Cardiff and Brighton, whoever stays up has overachieved. (laughs) Probably because that's all they. Well, that's all they're trying to do. Yeah, the the annoying thing with Brighton is that they they did that last year and they stayed up. You'd expect them to. Well, yeah, if they've overachieved, that they sh- you're hoping they should be doing a bit better. Well, you hope if, like, say, Cardiff stayed up, then they might, they might go in the summer and say, OK, we stayed up now, let's try and then be a more... If like... Cardiff stay up this season, they're going down next season. Guarantee that. That's gonna... my next, next season's pods, my three big predictions, if Cardiff stay up this season, they're going down. <laughs> it's not a... Uh... It's not a big call. Massive <laughs> like, call. It's the, like it's like months in advance. The, of course, that's huge. The, it's massive. The worst remaining team in the league will go down. It's like it's not a it's not a big call. The big call would be saying like next season, Palace will go down or West Ham will go down. What about like, Newcastle? That'd be see, a big one. See, because their ownership so messed up, you just yeah, don't know no, what's going to happen. Easy one. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of. Put them in my mix Watford. This week. Watford are going down next season. Right, see, that's a big call. Yeah, I don't believe it. But Watford <laughs> yeah. are going down next season, guaranteed. Book it. Remember, I told you, but don't remember. <laughs> yeah, because probably not going to happen. All right. Well, what other fixtures did we want to touch on? Uh, I guess race. I just want to talk about Arsenal for. Oh, yeah, race to the top four. Race no to one the seems four. to want it. Yeah, Chelsea play later. Miserable so have... mucks. Yeah. So we don't. We're expecting Burnley to beat Chelsea. Please, please. Do you know what? They actually could as well. The only know. thing that doesn't... Which is a bit confusing, which doesn't really matter, is that I was like, oh, United lost, Arsenal lost, and uh, Tottenham lost, meaning none of them want the top four. But Chelsea played tonight, but they played the same amount of games as Arsenal, Tottenham, and 
So this will make Chelsea have a, a, one game more. So yeah, and then we play midweek. All these yeah, teams play midweek. It's just it's just like okay, it Chelsea and our fifth. This is just a, a game. Yeah, this is just. It like would just make it game. easier, so. but it would just make it more secure. Yeah, I just if, if it'd be not, It just bugs me when you go. It, it's unavoidable, but like it's annoying when you get all these fixtures and you're like, okay, this is how the league looks, and you're like, out of nowhere, Chelsea at one point had two games in hand on everyone, and now they're going to be a game ahead. And you're like, it'd be interesting to see what like fans in in Spain and Italy and um, Germany think of how their leagues up because they still get a Christmas break. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be like much bunching together of games. They and don't it, have a Carabao change. Cup. But then the Carabao Cup happens midweek anyway. So And if you're out, you know, they don't move your fixtures. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, it well, just bugs me. Like, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't even have Chelsea in our top four race. And then we spotted, oh, crap, they had two games in hand, which put them basically third if they won it. Yeah. And within weeks, it's like, now they're going to have, have played a fixture more. And it's just like... It's just it's frustrating because you're trying to work things out, and you're like, oh, Liverpool are top. Oh no, they played a game more. Then you're like, okay, Man United to Tottenham, they're all equal. Oh no, Chelsea playing an hour. You're like, <laughs> it's just a, it's a bit frustrating when you're trying to work okay, things out. Calculate it well. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no, I went to the Arsenal game yesterday, and I think Arsenal. I think Unai Emery. This might have been a case of him going like. Crystal Palace, where's Crystal Palace? I've never heard of this place. They must be easy. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Not understanding. Well, who he probably they are looked, or... yeah. He probably looked at the form they've been in. Thought, oh, they've been rubbish. Looked at someone like Benteke. Thought, oh, he can't score a goal. Yeah, and then Benteke scores, and it's like, ah, oh, uh, Mustafi. You took, you know, you might, have, you. Oh, I think you defended, you defended Ashley Young a little bit in one of your tweets. But I think most people would be coming down on him. Yeah, for us that was Mustafi, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, the two. See, I, most of my Twitter is mainly Man United, but another patch of it is Arsenal. So I like when Arsenal and Man you play bad. I see whose Twitter's kind of demon. Who did they go at then? It was Mustafi, and it's yeah. like the joke this week has been who. Like, I saw one guy tweet, um, "Who's worse, Mustafi or Young?" And then someone retweeted saying, it, saying "Send them both to defend the wall," and it's like. <laughs> the Game of Thrones uh-huh. thing but, well, I thought uh, that was an American thing but it's like I don't know it's easy to escape that, the, my thing with Ashley Young was like they made out like he was he was so bad against Barcelona he really pissed like pissed me off yeah. but he wasn't at fault for the entire performance he didn't even play against Everton <laughs> and like so I was like hang on look you, if everyone was saying Young was the reason play like if you had gone on Twitter after the Barcelona game you'd have thought had we just swapped Young for Dalot we'd have beat Barcelona. Then we play Everton on the weekend, lose 4-0 and probably the worst performance I've seen. I, I don't remember a worst performance. I've seen some ugly performances, but not one where I've seen that bad. And Young's not even in the starting eleven. So I'm like, hey, see, sometimes you've got to realise there's more to it than scapegoating a single Also, player. he's on the side that is defending Messi again as well, which is never going to make you look good. Yeah, and... But he's... If anyone blames is... a single player for a performance, is scapegoat like that person may be the worst performer but it's not one one bad player will, will... I mean there might I think there might be a few exceptions but for the most part you're probably yeah. right like sometimes a goalkeeper could just absolutely yeah. like like carry us in the Champions League final yeah like, just... Ben Foster against Arsenal like they, yeah. th- that game would have been nil-nil otherwise you know I mean you can talk about different things here and there but 
Watford then Foster, well. yeah, so he's been having such a good season as well. And then it's just capitulated. It's these goalkeepers, they're asked to do stuff they're not good at, <laughs> so they are going to make these mistakes. So. But saying that, I don't know, obviously, we've got Wolves away, which is going to be a tough game as well, but I mean, I don't know, it's just he, he's picked a midfield which has absolutely no creativity. I have no idea why El Nenny's there. Guendouzi's just too young. We're always convinced that he's going to be a centre back as well at some point. He's got the yeah. shape and the physicality, but not enough of the ability to play in the central midfield. And also, as much I actually I really like Lacazette. I love Lacazette. I do like Abamian. Unfortunately, they just can't play together. There's no point in them having together. You know, at least if you're going to do that, put Abamian on the wing. Put one yeah, of them. Yeah, they out seem wide. to to play well when One's one of them comes off comes off the bench. Oh really. yeah, yeah. Yeah, El Nenny, I've, I've never, I've never seen it. Carl Jenkinson might be the worst football player I've ever seen. Yeah, he's an odd one because he had that good spell at West Ham, and it was like okay, because Big Sam was managing him, and it was yeah. like okay, probably boosted him up. And and everyone knew Wenger didn't bother with defenders, so there was an element of okay, maybe he just needs coaching. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't see the game, but I saw Rory. Going mad about Jenkins and <laughs> it's yeah. so funny because we we was in uh, we was in we're right on the halfway line um, on the left hand side of the pitch a few rows up and Gwendusi for for once actually did a really great pass right across the pitch switched play to Jenkinson and for anyone else that'd be brilliant he goes watch this baggy touch literally comes towards him and then he just hit comes off his foot and goes out the side and I was like. I just couldn't stop laughing yeah. because he just called it he goes that pass would have been a great uh, you know open space cross from Jenkinson if he was able to bring it down and most Premier League footballers would be able to do that without much of an issue because he had no one covering him no one going on top of him no one challenging his touch was there for him no just right off his foot unbelievable yeah, yeah. he just but he's just so bad and it was the, the time in which you could just take an opportunity out of Man United losing in such a bad way I don't know how quickly you can take, change your starting lineup, but if they could have just changed it when they saw their result I don't know when you have to submit it Change it to where you actually put a few of their better players. Yeah, on. I, it, yeah, it might just be ignorance, like uh, on Emery's part, where maybe he's used to seeing sixteenth place in the league and presuming away from home they're not going to do anything. Though, yeah, 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 like we we talk about Premier League smaller teams can beat anyone. It doesn't tend to happen as often as we like to make out, but we've seen basically outside Liverpool and City. Teams can lose. Like, I tell you what, seeing Zaha in person, he needs to be a, be at a bigger club. Like he made them look like children. He is a yeah, big, yeah. powerful. I really wish he had a, a bit of a chance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a shame. He should be at a bigger club. He's yeah. so good. He's so his interview good. Like, no, this week. No, uh, everyone was like, he's he's so basically he was like, I was at Man United, and then one week I looked at the team sheet, and Yanazai was ahead of me. And he was like, I knew I was, I was not welcome at this club. Like, <laughs> and everyone was like, hang on, Yanazai was not like... He was quite a big prospect back then. He actually became our young player that season. Like, yeah, but him, just, seeing him day yeah. in, day out, probably just, like, just put a bad seed in his head, making him think that he, does, he shouldn't be here, he doesn't want to be here. Maybe either he's not good enough, or that this club just don't see him for what he is. Well, he's, his quote was, I knew then I wasn't in the team for footballing reasons. Was what he said when he saw Yanazai ahead of him. He was like footballing, like he wasn't good enough. Well, the rumor was he slept with Moise's daughter, <laughs> which is which is the ru- which is the rumor. But he he was saying, uh, 
Yeah, he, he was like, I knew it wasn't footballing reasons <laughs> why I wasn't mate. in the squad. That's so, so funny. Is she decent? Uh, well, you, prese- you just go on the natural assumption footballers can get whoever they want. So in that level, no. But for, for but at the time, you would have been a kid anyway, so yeah. whoever's showing any interest, right? Yeah, I, it's, but that was the rumour. I don't know how true it was, but it seems like it was. Probably. Yeah. When that, why would a random thing come out, out of nowhere? Yeah. Because Moyes wasn't there for too long either, so maybe he was just angry at the whole situation. Yeah, and if it, it did bug me because I was like, when when Fergie signed, I, there's a lot of players I think could have been better if Fergie was still there. So. Yeah. Right, should we go to the results league? If we have to, I don't think I've scored. <laughs> well, Danny sent his one over from Japan, and he actually did the same game as you. He did uh, Brighton to beat Wolves one nil. He got zero points. That was nil nil. Mark went for Wolves to beat Brighton two nil. Didn't happen. This is where Wolves are annoying. Like, just, you're like, oh, Wolves might beat Arsenal, or Wolves can beat Man United, and Wolves beat Tottenham. And it's like, all right, Wolves, Brighton, nil-nil. You're just like, that's what, Wolves could be a lot higher if they were. Just learnt how to beat the smaller teams. Just a bit consistent, yeah. But I went for Fulham to beat Bournemouth 2-1. But that is a massive one point, I think, uh, for me. So that um, puts the scores at. Mark is still down at 15 points. I am second with 21 points, creeping up to Danny, who's on 22 points. So um, it's definitely getting close to the top for uh, us two. Mark is lucky. If, he's, if he doesn't get relegated, he's overachieving. <laughs> so we've got our fixtures for next week. Um, Danny gave his one. What did he say, Mark? Uh, he went, oh, yeah, he went for... Um, oh, God. Oh yeah, Southampton to beat Bournemouth 3-1, which would be an interesting one. I'm going to go for Leicester City to beat Arsenal away from home. As much as I don't want to, I'd rather pick the uh, Wolves to beat Arsenal because I think that's more likely. But Danny says we can't do midweek fixtures. Chief. So yeah, I'm going to go for Leicester City to beat Arsenal. It's a 12 o'clock game, so you never know. I'm going to go for... 2-1. Do you know what? I actually think it might be 2-2, but I can't do that. So I'm going to go yeah. 2-1. So I'm going for a desperate one point here. So I'm going Liverpool to beat Huddersfield. I'm going to go 3 or 4. Check the fixtures around it. They've got Europe, Europe in that. It's a Friday, so there's not, not always that many goals. So I might go 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0 to Liverpool. No, my luck. Huddersfield will go one nil up after five minutes. <laughs> like, oh, my, my bet's gone. Oh, but they can't lose that game. Imagine they won't that. lose it, but they'll it's make hard work of it. It's top of the table stuff. So, oh, like, the difference what? is, it's like City. It's like City are playing this team. City are two nil up within twenty minutes, comfortable win. Liverpool are like getting to seventy minutes, nil nil. Not sure what's going to happen, and then they they scrape the win. Like one team is Liverpool are going to. Probably win every game, but by scraping every game. Where City just look like they're in cruise control. Yeah. So. Mm. I'll go for them. Right, should we try, have a go at this online quiz? Is it a speed one or is it a... Uh, it's ten questions, I believe. Oh, right. Let's go to... No, no more than that. It's fifteen questions. We could do it at speed, though. Why? We'd be going at this for a while. No, no, I, I wondered if it was one of those... Oh, know, no, no, it's just questions. questions. Okay. But I was looking for ones where it just didn't show the answers. Okay. <laughs> so we'll try and remember who's got what, yeah? All right. 
Alright, so this is actually uh, the quiz off of 19min.com. You've heard of them? 90 Minutes? Yeah. yeah. No, it's called 90min. That's the... Yeah, I've, I've yeah. think I've heard Are of it. Any good? Quiz, you can answer these 15 questions every football fan should know. So Pressure. Well, I'm, I'm not <laughs> a football fan, so... I'm a rugby fan. Proper man's game. So, question number one. Who is the only player to score in an FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League and UEFA Cup final? You've got a choice of four. Okay. Frank Lampard, Cristiano Ronaldo, Steven Gerrard or Thierry Henry? Um, we, we're going to have to do trust game here. <laughs> Who goes first? Yeah. I've got my answer. Who have you got? Uh, yeah, I've got one. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'll, I'll answer first this time. I'm going to go Frank Lampard. I'm also going to go for... No, do you know what? I, will, I knew it was Frank Lampard. I've gone for Steven Gerrard. But I bet you it's Frank Lampard. No, it's Steven Gerrard. Oh. Yes. 1-0 to me. Woo. Oh, I, thought it was, I actually thought it was Frank Lampard, that one. Well, when has he not scored in? Maybe the FA Cup. Yeah, I, I just couldn't remember the FA Cup. But I remember Gerrard scoring in the FA Cup against West Ham. And I remember him scoring in the Champions League against AC Milan. He scored in the UEFA Cup final. You, was that one of them, UEFA? Yeah. Oh. What did you think it was? Uh, well, I thought League. I heard League Cup, Champions oh, League it? and FA Cup. Oh, was League Cup not one of them? Uh, <laughs> can't remember now. Oh, okay, don't worry. Got it wrong anyway. Do, do, do. It actually got a bit of a fact there. I should have read that. Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard is... Oh, no, that's not, that's not the fact. That's the answer. Right. Question number two. Who won the first ever World Cup in 1930? I don't even have to think about this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you can Uruguay. Just read it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You going Uruguay? Yeah. Uruguay is correct. Uruguay have the honour of the first winners of the biggest football... Com- what kind of facts are these? I, I was trying to think if it was like... Like, um... Chill Pursuit. You get the answer, it might give you a little bit of factoid. It literally just says the answer. <laughs> right. Question three. So that's a 2-1 well, to me. Fa- Uruguay won the first two, didn't they? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they won, they won the first yeah. two World Cups. There was only like 10 teams in them, right? The first one, I think there might have been 12 teams. Yeah. But the second one, it bumped up to like 20 or Can Football in knowledge, history... Let's do history hour. <laughs> yeah. Question three. After 1966, the World Cup trophy was stolen while lost, whilst on display in England. It was found by a dog, but what was his name? Was the dog's name Pickles? Was it Onion, Gherkin or Cucumber? Mm, I don't know this one off the top of my head. I've got an answer. Um, Am I saying it first? No, uh, wait, let me think of mine. Let me get mine down. Um, if it helps, I'm guessing. Okay. <laughs> it's like... Well, yeah, got, uh, I'm going to go for... Yeah, I've got mine. You go first. Onion. I've gone for pickles. No, it's pickles. Pickles recovered the trophy uh. and was held a national hero. Where is Danny when you need him? It's 3-1. <laughs> is this going to happen, for real? All right, you can start saying the answers, but no, I'm just, I'll just copy them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you can just copy mine now till the end and win. <laughs> so. Name the only footballer to have played for Everton, Liverpool, Manchester City and Manchester United. Is it Peter Beardsley, Dennis Law, Paul Ince or Andre Kachelski? Kachelskis. Gosh, can't even come out of my mouth. Uh, God. Um, 
Who am I going to go for? I'm going to go for Paul Ince. Paul, I don't remember points at Everton or City. I'll go. Tough one, isn't it? It just feels like I would remember Dennis Law playing for them because he's like one of our. Playing for who? Everyone else but Man United. Um, and the last one's who? Andre Kanchelskis. Kanchelskis. I've never. I don't. Uh, I'll go for him, Kanchelskis. Kanchelskis. If it's Dennis, did you Lott, say Dennis Lott and he played for Man United? Not only, but I don't remember him playing. Who he, else he played? He for? played for both Man City, Man Manchester clubs. You know that. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Peter Beardsley, interesting. I didn't realise that. He had a brief spell with Man United, making one appearance. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't remember. Well, I didn't remember him for Man United. That's I, why I didn't think it was true. Newcastle United. Yeah. So three one to me still. Question five: Who scored the first goal in the history of the Premier League? Oh God, you might know this. I don't know it. Mm, I, I know what I'm going for. I'm gonna go. Matt Letizia. I should have said the answers. Matt Letizia, Mark Robbins, Paul McGrath, Brian Dean. So I'm going Paul McGrath. I went for Paul McGrath too. Convenient. Convenient. <laughs> Brian tactic, Dean. Tactic. <laughs> it was against Man United. There you go. When I said Brian Dean, I was thinking that. Three one to me still. Question six. On sixteenth of May, two thousand fifteen. Sadio Mane broke the record for fastest hat-trick in the Premier League history, scoring three times in 2 minutes and 56 seconds. Who held the previous record? Robbie Fowler, Fernando Torres, Michael Owen, Luis Suarez. I've got my answer. OK, I've got mine. Yeah. Are you going first? I'll go first. It's Robbie Fowler. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, his one was in 4 minutes and 33 seconds against the mighty Arsenal. Easy. That one's very easy. 3-1 to me. Question 7. Who was Britain's first £1 million player? Uh, I know my answer. Do you know yours? Oh, it's Graham Souness, Kevin Keegan, Trevor Francis or Kenny Dalglish. Yep. I wonder how well Danny was doing this. Huh? I'm going to go Graham Souness. Oh, it's not. It's Trevor Francis. Uh. Trevor Francis was joined, who joined Brian Clough's revolution at Nottingham Forest for £1 million. Oh, Mark, you don't know your history, man. That was easy. That was an easy one. 4-1 to me. Oh. Do you want to stop now? He's tapping out. Look at him. He's waving <laughs> a white flag over here. I don't know where he's got it, folks, but he's got a white flag. <laughs> Question 8. Who is the only player to have represented three different countries at the World Cup? Jesus. Mirko Vucinic. Dimitri Karin, Ole Luzny, or Dejan Stankovic. That's interesting. That must have been like the SSR sort of kind yeah. of thing. Uh, oh, I'm just going to pick one at random. The one name I know. I've heard of three of the players. Have but, you? Yeah, but I don't... I'm going to go for the one which I've heard of, but I don't know why I've heard of him, which is Vucinic, the top one. I think you've heard of Vucinic because there's a player that's got it that's playing currently right now, isn't it? I don't know. I'm going for Dejan Stankovic. 
It is Stankovic. What is going on here? Stankovic became the first player to have represented three different nations, national teams, and World Cup: the FR Yugoslavia, Serbia, and Montenegro. Wow! Look at that. Look at that. What's that? Six one to me. Wow. Your guessing game's on point. Guessing game. <laughs> I've known some of these ones. The Stankovic one made made sense to me because there was more change in his time than, than the other ones. But there you go. Question nine. Was that six one? Sorry. Question nine. Which of these four Czech internationals didn't win the Champions League? Vladimir Smysa, Milan Baros, Marek Jankolovsky. I know this one. Pavel Nedved. Uh, I don't know this one. Which one didn't win the Champions League? All right, I've got my one. I think it's my hero from. Uh, yeah, I think you've gone off me. I shouldn't have said. Pavel Nedved. <laughs> yeah, I've, I gave that away. It's Nedved. <laughs> as soon as I said I knew it, you—that's tactics from Chris there. What tactics? You just said that. Yeah. How do you know that? I just picked it. I knew it was Pavel Nedved. <sighs> I didn't have to think about. Gave that. you that one. He didn't get his hands on it with his big ears. That's rude. Uh, with the big ears, not his big ears. Look, he better got it. Yeah, I gave you that one. 6-1. To me, question 10. Which of these Dutch players have not scored a Premier League hat-trick? Pierre van Hoijdonk. Jimmel Floyd Hassel. Do you know that guy? Hoijdonk, yeah. yeah uh, Hoijdonk. Pierre, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Mark Overmars or Dirk Coit. I'm going to go for one of those people. Who are you going for? This tax. I'm going to go with Mark Overmars. I was going to go for him too. Promise you. Swear. All right. All right. All right. That's uh... See, look, I got it wrong. Pierre von Hoijsong netted 41 times during his spell at Nottingham Forest, but never scored a Premier League hat trick. Probably should have gone for him, seeing as I couldn't recognise his name. I don't remember Mark Overmars scoring a hat trick. Must have. He's, he's, he's banging him in. It, not as much as you think. His goal scoring record's okay. Which of these... Oh, it's 6-1 to me. Question 11. Which of these Englishmen has not missed a penalty at a major international tournament? Ah, interesting. Paul Gascoigne, Frank Lampard, Jamie Carragher, Darius Vassell. Hmm. I feel like I remember one of them missing. I certainly know two of them, actually. All right, I've got the answer. Uh, I'm trying to think. Alright, I'm going to go with Vassell. I'm going for Frank Lampard. It is not Frank Lampard, it's Paul Gascoigne. When did Vassell miss a penalty? Who knows, man. They had so many penalty... Kick, uh, penalty um... Yeah, but that's what I was thinking. Not around his time of playing. Yeah. Early 2000s, I'm trying to think. Against Germany. I think he must have played in that team. Germany? Didn't we have one against Germany? That was 96. No, no. We've had one in the 2000s. We've we lost one. to Portugal in 04, Portugal in 06. Uh, we never made 2008. We lost to Italy in 10 on penalties. Uh, we lost to Brazil in the normal time in 2002. We've not, in the 2000s, we've not played against Germany in penalty shootouts. No. God, what's wrong with me? 98, we lost, obviously, to uh, Argentina. 96, Germany on penalties. 
Yeah, and Dan's for sale. <laughs> Question 12, 6 1 to me. Who's the only player to score a hat trick in the Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League? Didier Drogba, Juan Sebastian Veron, Michael Balak, Yossi Benayoun. God's sake. That's a All weird right. list of players, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to go Benayoun. Oh, it shouldn't have gone for so quick. I can't, I can't think of any of them. Um, Ben Ayoun, it's just because it's so random. Yeah, it's like, it's it's obviously quite a random list. I'm going to go for Veron. It is Yossi Ben Ayoun. The only reason I went is I remember Liverpool winning two games around 8 0 against he's, Porto. He's got hat tricks against Burnley, Haven and Waterlooville. And that was it. They they won two games like eight 0 I remember around the time he was at Liverpool. Jesus Christ, six two. Which of these David did not win the Premier League? David De Gea, David Seaman, David Batty, David May. Okay, I I think I know this. Uh, I don't. I'll go first with this one. No, um, I'm going to go for David Batty. Which. Was Which of these Davids? The one I was going to go for. There you go. I'm just having doubts. Of, well, no, I was going to go for it. I won't change. That was well, David May won it with Blackburn. I'm so sure when won. we signed him, it was after... Yeah, but well, he played for Man United as well, so... With David Batty. It is. Yeah. I knew it. I just... I was like... Eh, Batty was offered a medal under special dispension, but refused it as he didn't feel he had contributed enough. Was that right, David May did it with Blackburn? Am I, am I and Man United. There? And Man United. Yeah. All right. So that's a 7-3. Question 14. Which of these players have not won back-to-back Champions League titles? Marcel Desailly, Deco, Samuel Eto, Paolo Sousa. I've got my answer. Uh, I know two of them did... And I'm gonna go. I think I know. Yeah, I know the answer. I think I know the answer. I'm going for Samuetti. I'm gonna go for Desai. No, it's Deco. Deco. <sighs> Did he not win it? Oh four and oh five. Oh, oh. So I was like, I was like you won Port- it with Porto and Barca. Yeah. Oh five would have been Liverpool. Oh, should have. Yeah. Who, who did Desai play for? Well, he played for Chelsea, but he didn't win it with Chelsea. Yeah, but who, what other big clubs? I don't know I why I can't Madrid. get it in my head. Who would he have won it with, back to back? Well, well that's why I couldn't think. Cause that's well, I need I, to Google that. I, for some reason... So Sosa, I, I think, won it both with Real Madrid. Obviously, no, Eto, was... Eto won it with Milan and Barca. Deco, I, in my head, was like, oh, he won it with Porto and Barca. But it was obviously I, a Obviously, year, no, Deco was a great player. He played for France and has won the World Cup. I cannot picture him in a actual non-France football kit. I, yeah, it's hard to picture him outside <laughs> Chelsea for our, our same range. blue, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a seven foot. No, you didn't get that right. No. Seven three. Final question. Fifteen. Who is the only player to score for six clubs in the Champions League? Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Nicolas Anelka, Ronaldo de Lima, Christian Vieri. Uh, there can only be one on this for me. I've given you the answer anyway. Well, I know you're thinking Ibrahimovic, but I yeah. am going to go with Nicolas Anelka. Ibrahimovic would have been Ajax, Barca, Milan, 
Juventus. Juventus, PSG, and I'm assuming you just throw another one in there. Well, you think Man United, but we weren't. Were we in the Champions League when he joined? You said Nicholas Anelka. It probably is Anelka, right? No, Zl- Zlatan has to be. Amazingly, he's never won the competition despite playing for five teams who have. What? He's never won the Champions League? No. Wow, that is magnificent. We need to. We need a parade right now. We need to go out and get hammered. I've done it. Chris has won a game. I've won a game. It's, it's the game he's had oh. to hand for the last three weeks. Danny, no one else saw. Do you hear this from Japan? Everyone, tell your friends. Oh, well done. Congrats. Yeah. You feel as bad as you thought you would? Uh, we need a steward's inquiry here. <laughs> I remember you saying, oh, the first person who leaves is going to be so embarrassing. And unfortunately, it is you. So yeah. there you go. I promise you I've not looked through these beforehand. So the first time and only time Chris wins a game is when it's his game and he's had the game it for isn't. weeks. Go on, 90min.com. Because you can answer these 15 questions every football fan should know. Look, I'm a big I'm football fan. I'm wondering why it says at the bottom, you've improved your score since the last time you did this <laughs> quiz. <laughs> now, there you go. All right. I think all we've got left is front three, back four, right? Yeah. Yes. No, because mine's. What do you want to go first? I mean, I can go if you want. Go on then. All right, I'll go first. Sure. In my front three is hard work. Do you know who Jack Ma is? Jack Ma. Yeah, Jack uh, Ma. He's, I'm not too. It's a bit hard work. <laughs> I don't get it. Your front three was hard work. Was like, oh, oh, that was such a bad joke. So Danny, come sometimes. back to stop these terrible jokes. No, now, I know Danny would have got it. <laughs> he, he likes crap jokes. Uh, no, he's actually um, the billionaire co-owner of uh, co-founder, excuse me, of Alibaba, which is a streaming site. Um, and he's infamous for endorsing a twelve-hour-day, six days a week routine as something that young, passionate workers should uh, strive for. Um, and dismisses kind of the idea that people should just be working a normal eight-hour lifestyle. Uh, here's a quote from him. As I expected, my comments internally a few days ago about the 996 schedule caused a debate and non-stop criticism. I understand these people and I could have said something that was correct, but we don't lack people saying correct things in the world today. What we lack is truthful words that make people think. He's, uh, he's had some earlier comments talking about um, programmers and uh, dying from unrelenting stress, and that's down to... Um, his 996, which is the term that he's kind of put together, which the term 996 refers to 9am to 9pm, six days a week work schedule. So all you lazy fucks out there wanting to lie and you've got yeah. no chance. Get in there, do your work. I don't know. Sounds a bit excessive. I've always been, um, I've been a fan of doing four-day work weeks. I think that should be a thing. I've been trying to tell this to as many people as possible so it kind of gets out there. But I think what should happen is you have four compulsory work days with a fifth optional work day. But the caveat to that is you have to actually go in on the fifth day. And then if you've got any work that you need to wrap up, you can do it. But you can leave whenever you want. Yeah. Would you I, I just couldn't afford not to be at work for an extra day. No, but if they paid you the same. Yeah, but I, as we joked about earlier, we've been drunk quite a bit this weekend because we never had work the next day if there was another day i didn't have work the next day that's fair enough i'd be up three nights a week i just couldn't 
My liver couldn't cope, my wallet couldn't cope. They really need to think in London to do more hobbies that don't involve drinks. It's like... It's just part of who we are. But it's I mean, we could not London, do that. Like, it's just we like, could find something else to do. I mean, we have started this walking group and we haven't been on a walk yet. Yeah. But we all know where we're walking to. <laughs> exactly. so, it, it, we always try these things to see, all right, why don't we try a different hobby and something like that? But at the end, end of it, we're like, why don't you fancy a drink? Yeah, but that's how London's built. It's like, oh, we've got this new uh, place that does darts. It's got loads of games. It's like, it's a bar that has darts in it. It's like, oh, we've got this swingers. It's mini golf within London. It's like, what is it? It's a bar with mini golf. It's like, everything's a bar with an entertainment. So it's like... It'd be rude not to have a drink when you're there. You say that, but someone at my work was telling me about um, a sober festival that she has to kind of go... <sighs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My point. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, that could be fun, but it'd be better if I had a few drinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no well, thanks. I won't be rushing there with, with your work colleagues. In my, <laughs> in my back four this week is Burger King. Uh, Burger King drops. It, I had an ad where um, one or two of their people were using chopsticks, and they dropped that after backlash after uh, cultural insensitivity. Yeah. Uh, the fast food chain showed a video clip of diners trying to eat its new Vietnamese sweet chili tender crisp burger with incredibly large red chopsticks, and as you can anticipate, people got quite pissed off by it because. Um, it's a quote-unquote cultural appropriation. Uh, Burger King later deleted it and apologised, saying it was incentive and does not reflect our brand values regarding diversity and inclusion. So, to battle diversity and inclusion, you have decided not to introduce chopsticks, which is part of another culture, which could be included in your ads instead of just, I don't know, uh, yeah, people of your culture. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Is that, what, what were your your thoughts on it then? Look, I, I mean, you're talking about, I don't know, it's, it's just it's just one of them things that where uh, I'm not a great advocate of this idea of cultural appropriation and um, I don't think chopsticks are an offensive thing. I don't, no. I don't know, I don't get it. Maybe I don't get offended too easily, but there you go. There we go. All right, let's uh, move on to mine. Mine, I actually had for... We're, it's been a couple of weeks since our last pod, but this news is it's, it's still good. Um, <laughs> it, Please, tell us. It's My front three is former Liverpool Newcastle defender Jose Enrique. So he's got the all clear. He had a brain tumour. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, just I thought that's it's a good part to. I, I was either going to bring it up in a segment or put it as part of my front three, so I'm going to keep that within my front three. Well, same thing not too recently before that. Um, what's his name? Gutierrez. Do you remember him from Newcastle? Yeah. He had a lot of health issues and he's been giving you all clear as well. Ah, that's so. good. Because Jose Enrique's only 33, so. It's a. Uh, it's scary because you think these guys are in good health, in good. And it just shows some sometimes. It's, it's just how you're born yeah. sometimes, it seems. So it's it's always a good news story when you you hear of people... So treat every day like it's your last. That's it. Which is a good incentive not to do much, 
Because <laughs> don't risk play it. it safe. Yeah, play Stay it safe. Stay indoors. Play it safe. It's like, oh, we should do a bungee jump, YOLO. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm not doing yeah. a bungee jump. It's a... All right. Wrap your kids in cotton. Yeah. All right, back four. Both have a similar... I had two, and I picked one. Both, both. both have the same... But both have the same theme of I it's in my back four because it's people's reactions. So in my back four this week, you telling me people are overreacted? Diane Abbott wouldn't believe it. Did you see Diane Abbott, the Hackney MP, the the rule breaking alcoholic? Yeah. So she got an how dare M- she an M and S mojito can, which Posh. is one of my favourites. I'll be honest. I like Chris knows. I do love an M&S can. They're, uh, That's because you're posh. Yeah, well, I'll drink posh, but it's a, it looks posh, but it's a higher percentage than the, the other uh, mojito cans. So if you want some bang for your buck, it's, a, it's not a bad can to go for. But the reaction to it, like she was some dirty criminal, that, like she apologised for it, but that she, like... The overreaction, I was like, if you're angry that she drunk an MS can on the overground, then your politics have blinded you so much that you're, you're not angry at Diane Abbott, you're angry at a Labour MP and your politics is, misju- like, is misguiding your judgment now. I'm like, that's probably the most normal thing I've seen her done in, in years. Like, the actually, thing is, though, the thing is, I understand you disappro- someone dis- disapproving of it, because if you... If the if the law is that you cannot legally drink alcohol on public transport, yeah. and you are someone that represents the establishment in that manner, you shouldn't be breaking the law in any, however meaningful yeah. it's always. But it's just an overreaction. I'm not it. one to be defending Diane Abbott on anything, but yes, this is definitely an overreaction. I, it just it's, it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, the overreaction to it. I'm like, you're just blinded by your own political, like, I'll call she's a bit stupid, don't she? Yeah, the, uh, she. <laughs> the the thing is, I like not to be political. Sorry, my nan lives in Hackney, and people of Hackney will speak so highly of her. Will not have a bad word said. She's a good local MP. Like, people I just have think, said that about Jeremy Corbyn where we live. Yeah, no, and it is the same. I think there is a difference. Like and Jeremy Corbyn knows local politics inside out. I just think, unfortunately, when you get into the big time, you need to talk a certain way, look a certain way. Like we've You've just got seen to in Ukraine, trump it up a little bit. Yeah, we've seen in Ukraine yesterday. They've their their new president's actually a comedian who who went who run for it for a laugh, and he's won by a landslide. So oh, that new- had to be your front three. <laughs> Have you not done that? Oh my I, god! I, I, yeah, it was, but I just I couldn't read up enough about. I would have been talking off off the cuff, which I Yeah, he won something like seventy five percent. He got like majority. Yeah, so well, now some would so say now that America also elected their comedian for yeah, their president. Yeah, well, that was the joke. It's like he's the second oh. comedian yeah. to be voted in. But uh, but yeah, he is actually. Out to you? But strangely, he might do all right because he's gonna. He said, oh, "I've got like he's going to build a bigger wall." He's actually on. He's got a comedy political show where he is the president of Ukraine, and so I think people could when they say, "Oh, could you picture this guy president?" It didn't have to because he's he's, he's got a show guy. where he is president. So it'd be funny if his politics are, are similar to that of the show. But yeah, it'd be mm. interesting time because he's saying now 
he's like, oh, I've been voted in, I'm going to have to take this seriously. So, yeah, he's we know you... have to take it to Syria. <laughs> oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, God. Pick me for your Prime Minister. I, I guess Chris will have to edit this as well. <laughs> Some bad jokes. Um, but, yeah, that was it. Uh, I, yeah, I've spoken a bit much now, but when I said reactions... My last back forward, but this was last week, so it's sort of gone a bit, but Game of Thrones, it, it airs here at 2am in the morning. What is this? And, and what really wound me up was, like, people put, putting up spoilers. Spoilers? Straight after the episode happened. I'm like, if you're watching Game of... If you're staying awake till 2am in the morning to watch Game of Thrones, to post something on your Facebook at 3am... She's too young for you, bro. Then I know... You're only doing it to say to people, I've seen the episode. 100%. And 100%. That's bug- that bugs me because the, sh- the show is good. And I'm like, so now what that means? Because the UFC is usually on Saturday night. And I'm like, I know to avoid, like, I'd always avoid Twitter because it's natural it'll be on Twitter. But Facebook and Instagram, where it's your friends posting stuff, it's like, oh, bloody. The why are you posting reason, stuff up? GameSpot the actually put up an article with the spoiler it? in the title. Oh, wow. It won't even like click here to see what. Our review it actually the headline was a spoiler the only like, reason Game of Thrones is big is because it's in line with Twitter at the moment so people can tweet about it it's not a good show no one likes it uh, no one actually likes it it's a, a terrible show, show. Yeah. it's a terrible show about incest and dragons who gives a fuck uh, well a lot of people no yeah so they can tweet about it exactly no, it's, it, I'm it's glad a, you agree it's kind of, have you ever watched it no it's terrible ah, there we go but yeah, just a reaction. I'm like, come on. What you should watch shows because you like them, not because you want to tell people. You've That's why I don't watch Game of Thrones. So you can tell people you don't. You've never seen it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an individual. Yeah, I'm unique. I I do my thing. Share the memes about. I'm one of one in a million people who've never seen Game of Thrones. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I'm All a right. lone wolf. So yeah, it's just yeah. My back four theme was just overreactions or just reactions in general. But do you think, like, there should be... So with sport, it's quite accepting that you will tweet or talk about a sport straight after it's happened. But do you think with films and with TV shows, there should be some kind of statue of limitations where you shouldn't spoil something? Five years. So soon. Like, what? what, what but what is a realistic amount? Like, Five years. Yeah. Yeah, because that's good. Because like, if it's a film, I don't want it spoiled before it comes for, for free. Do you know what you should on... do, right? Now, what what <laughs> should be right is um, if you if you do a spoiler alert, you should be banned from all social media platforms for five years. But within that five years that you don't spoil it, that's how much is taken off the end of your sentence. So if you don't do a spoiler within the next year, but you do it in a year's time, that means you only get four years. Does that make sense? So the clock starts today for everyone. Yeah. So in five years' time, people are just spoiling everything. Bang, everywhere, all yeah. over the place. Just so you know, you want to get harsh with this. I mean, if this is ruining your life, then I think you should just be harsh. Uh, yeah, it's just, I guess, we're, it's just a generational thing. I think we're, we're at the age now where... where I don't tweet about something as soon as I've seen it. No, but... I wait a long time. That's, but that's what I mean, it is... Like, you literally just said, well done to South Africa for <clears> getting <throat> racism out of your country and the World Cup. Oh, that's so. You think there's no racism in South Africa anymore? <laughs> that no, is a know. topic for another day. That's, that's a topic that. for another day. Right. <laughs> this was a good one. Two of us. We've managed to do it solo. 
Yeah. Maybe we'll do one next week without Danny, but he should be back the week after, right? I don't even know. How long has he been gone? Has he always been gone? Was <laughs> yeah. he ever here? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? A bit quiet. But um, I think next week we actually have to do the Champions League draft, so we might have to make sure we do one. Yeah, I'll have to decide what I'm doing with PSG and uh, <laughs> the teams that <laughs> so We might have to figure out the rules first, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Right, have a good week. We've got some midweek fixtures. Hopefully they uh, are good for us. Well, not good for you, but good for us at least. Good for Arsenal. I don't know. I don't think they're going to win, but there you go. Right, I'm just going on to another one. All right. Have a good week. Cheers.